0: hi guys welcome back to mommy jojo uncut mojo injection episode 31 i'm delighted to have my friend ruth McAuliffe here today she's an amazing counselor she works for rape crisis she's a psychotherapist and she also happens to have my middle name so jojo ruth i think there's something in that and um, i really enjoy working with ruth i've already had her on the podcast with barry they are together at get honed beautiful instagram page gonna do amazing things um Get honed, get honed, I don't know, honed, honing in. And it's amazing to have Ruth back um, and hopefully get Barry back in again soon because he's got great banter and I want to hear him have more singing. Um, But yeah, we're covering a very important topic today, which is online bullying, grooming online, keeping your kids safe online, why people are bullies, so interesting. Ruth, like myself, is a total geek, living and breathing all of the latest mental health research because we do know that the NHS are 17 years behind in terms of their research, so we need more people like us completely drowning, immersing ourselves in this, this knowledge, collaborating together to bring you as much advice as possible and yeah, as much evidence so really really interesting chat in terms of positive psychology and what we can be doing to look after our kids and look after our own mental health so i'm delighted to welcome ruth today and welcome back everyone thank you so much for tuning in 31 episodes in already thank you so much to everyone that's hit the stars it helps so much for spreading the awareness of our little podcast in edinburgh which is just growing and growing Um, let's take it global guys please keep tuning in if there's any topic request hook me up if you're desperate to come on you're passionate about something and knowledgeable drop me a message and um, let's gear up to an amazing Christmas lots of love I want to film it all I want to have it recorded and it's like yeah to me it's such a treat being able to have this time because it's like therapy Aww. and then thousands of people get to tune in that's awesome get to give out like checks to everybody
1: yeah. there's so many of yours that I've listened to and went oh yeah no, totally. There's so many recently I've sat and gone, yes, yeah. The PT one was so good. Oh, that was, that was way back. That was like, like well, yes. Great. He was great. so good. And we sat and I actually sent that one to Barry because I was like, there were so many things in that. I was like, that's what we think. And he was like, oh, that is what we oh, think.
0: We should, well, we do that was awesome. Because um, Michael's going to be doing some work at the Edinburgh Wellbeing Festival. Co- oh my
1: January. God, that's coming back around again. Has that been a year? So fast,
0: right?
1: Yeah, no. Has that been a year? No.
0: Okay. How did that happen? <laughs> I feel
1: like I went to that yesterday.
0: It's absolutely insane. God. So um, I'll have to introduce you guys. Mm. I think Barry and Michael would get on. They really would get well. on really well. And he was amazing. They were both incredible in different ways mm. with the podcast, and they're both really good singers. I'd like to. Oh a yeah. Duet.
1: Oh my god, I love it. But anyway, <laughs> right. so just in the
0: background. Um, yes. Your name is Ruth. My
1: right. name is Ruth.
0: I'm JoJo. You're JoJo. <laughs> but my
1: middle name is Chris. It's Ruth, which we only recently—I only recently discovered this when you told me. Yeah,
0: because when I was didn't know that. It, I really need a good counsellor and psychotherapist yes that's the one that's there's the so one psychotherapist psychologists oh are. there's so many so many but basically you're trained to the the brim with all this stuff you're, <laughs> you're
1: an are. absolute geek which i am i you. am a geek that's like i told right. you i was breastfeeding at night 10 o'clock doing a bit of research reading some case studies doing a bit of, doing a bit of research that's what like I love a normal me. person
0: this is what I love. <laughs> and you know that's what we're all about and the fact that your name's ruth i think i believe in signs baby it and is a sign just round.
1: yeah like, close i live so. around live close so... We may, we may or may not be neighbours. Yeah. So... Du, 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 dun, dun, dun. It's a sign. It's getting high. Oh, do you it's getting quite warm, I'm going to take my scarf off. Yeah.
0: So, what, what I wanted to talk to you about was I, I get messages constantly and I have yes. to be really careful what I say because most of, of the messages I get are in confidence. Yeah. So I had one this morning saying um, there's a mum at my school who's a complete bully. Mm. So it was a mum, it wasn't a... A child, uh-huh. um, and oh my days! I, they say, so "Can you help me?" Yeah. Well, I'll I'll do my bit with yeah. the content, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I get messages all the time about bullying in the workplace, or if kids are excluded, or just oh, so many messages. So and, many online, and I've had loads of questions about today, and people talking about the safety of their kids and grooming, and yep. person, you know what happens to someone if they're caught grooming a child. Or, and adults, I don't really know where we should start. Because oh my god,
1: there's so much. I mean, I mean, for obviously for background for me, one of my jobs is that I work at Edinburgh Rape Crisis. So I'm a counsellor there. I work with children and young people between 12 to 18. Wow. I have worked younger, but that is my current age group. Mm-hmm. And we do, we see a lot of grooming. We see a lot of online grooming. We'll see a lot of in-person grooming um, there's lots of different things there but also I've worked with adults for a long time as well and the prevalence of um, the conversation of bullying coming into context in counselling is massive for adults, it's huge. Um, and it's never something you're specifically trained on when you become a counsellor it's not something you sit and go let's talk about bullying and a lot of things as a counsellor you need to build and develop on your own so my trauma work I've built and developed on my own in training and in my practice but I was very intrigued because when we spoke about doing this I thought this is actually quite a good opportunity for me to refresh my research and my knowledge on the area of bullying because it's huge it's massive so many people are impacted and I think Everybody would be lying if they stood up and said, I have never been bullied or I've never been a bully.
0: Yeah.
1: Or I've never been involved in bullying.
0: And I think it's very with online today. they could be very subtle. I experienced it recently where people were subtly Mm -hmm. liking comments, negative comments. And obviously I'm very open to criticism and I've learned to try and listen to people and not let my ego get in the way. But if I'm hurt about something and there's people going on, I feel like that's almost a more subtle form of trolling a huge or thing. Yeah. When they're, they're not actually having the guts to say anything, but yeah. they're, they're liking comments of people yeah. that are coming for. But them. there's something
1: beautiful in what you do, because like you said, you are in on a platform where you're very easily accessible, which is twofold. Because in one respect, you have such an amazing community of parents around you and people around you who can come to you as a public figure and say, I'm really struggling with this. Can you talk about this? How would you deal with this? Because they trust you. Yeah. They see you as a trusted figure. And I think that's amazing. Um, but on the other hand, being online and being a personality online in any respect is so hard because, like you're saying, people can very either overtly and troll you or you know very subtly troll you online, and it's and it's a, subtle trolling, and I think it's a very adult. Her. It's a very adult. As I discovered last night, the subtle the subtlety is very adult in bullying. Right. It's very adult.
0: Okay, they adults,
1: should we, should we start adults or kids? I don't want to think do
0: we start adults because then I'd like to talk and work about, our way back. Because certainly for my daughter, she is very like me in the sense she's going to be behind the camera. Oh, she's she, lovely, be, she does meditation. And I oh, she's like, amazing! I love this on YouTube. But I don't know if I have the anxiety, if my anxiety, yeah. you know, if, if I set her up her own channel and things. So I yeah. want to talk about bullying kids and kids. Oh, then yeah, raise them to be resilient and strong. But i think we'll start with adults because uh, yeah what what's it all about why are people bullying yeah why do we do it how can we prevent it how can we get a thick skin to it because it's never going to stop no we need educated
1: no definitely i think yeah i mean one thing that i thought was good was to define it and i was kind of looking to the definitions of bullying last night just generally adults or children and two came up which i have here which I quite liked. One was the Australian Psychological Society and they classified it as bullying as when a person deliberately and repeatedly hurts somebody else. Mm-hmm. And the UK Psychology Today, they said a deliberate and repeated attempt to cause harm to others of lesser power, which I quite liked. Of there was some lesser, lesser power. power, which I thought was quite interesting. Mm, of lesser, power. lesser power. Yeah. So that's kind of twofold there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they do different, but one thing that people say time and time again, and I've heard people say to me and to other people, is that oh, you know, old research really suggests, and people will say that oh, people only bully to compensate for their low self-esteem. That's why people bully, mm-hmm. and that's what people hear quite a lot. Is like oh, they're underconfident, they've got low self-esteem. That's why they're doing it. They yeah. know that they know they don't feel good about themselves. Turns out that's not the case. <gasps>
0: I know (laughs) and like I
1: said I was you know sitting breastfeeding at 10 o'clock last night waking up my husband to be like guess what (laughs) he was like I don't care (laughs) but I think it's yeah come on be interested there's interesting interesting stuff here at 10 o'clock at night but uh yeah so old research suggested that that's what it was that it was people compensating for just simply low self-esteem that people had low self-esteem and that's why they would do it However, I'm just going to read this from my own notes. Yeah, so I've written down that new research in mental health circles suggests that bullies are in fact rel- <laughs> reluctant to be introspective. So people who are bullying are do not want to look inside themselves. They don't want to explore how they're feeling about things, the, anything they're going through. And because they're reluctant to be introspective and to explore how they feel about themselves or the world around them, by attacking the insecurities of others, or making them feel ashamed or humiliated, they can avoid even further being introspective and dealing with their own shame or humiliation. So it's it comes back around to yes, so people are still feeling, they are still ashamed, in some, they are dealing with some level of shame or bad feeling, but they don't know that yet. And they don't want to have to figure that out and deal with it. So therefore they will attack other people's insecurities. Right. As a barrier, so it does come back around to that, okay. but most bullies don't know how that's how they feel because they don't want to look into it,
0: right? Okay, so they just kind of put on this facade, and it is very easy to make someone a scapegoat online and massively and to really go for it. Yeah, and then with that comes communities, mm. you know, targeting people. And what I always say to my friends, and I if I it's an age thing, a maturity thing, or what I say said to a friend yesterday we were out for lunch and I said I would hate to be that friend that went home and spoke about you behind your back because mm-hmm. if I'm with you now and I'm having a great time yeah. and anything that happens I don't agree with yeah. I would tell you to your face mm-hmm. there's so much freedom in life of me being so... Treat and giving people all of you in honesty yeah. and this is I get this message is a lot of you know the, the playground mentality or anxiety mm. with, you know that kind of whispering what are people yeah. talking about and you would think that would stop you know I speak in schools and you can see that you know kids are kind of whispering of yeah, course brother. but you think that would stop once we it doesn't stop get through the kind of
1: yeah because people will never stop having their own stuff everybody's always got something going on That's a big thing. In mental health, everybody's always got something going on, big, small, there's always something there. But bullies don't want to have to deal with what's going on for them. So by attacking somebody else, they can kind of avoid their own situation, their own feelings. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I thought that was very interesting. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that that's kind of how the idea of, oh, they're just low in self-esteem. They don't actually know they're low in self-esteem. They might think they're absolutely fantastic. And I also found in research that for adults and for children, bullies for the most part are very popular. Right. There's some, there's a link there between the popularity uh-huh. and the kind of reluctance to be introspective as well. So that's there's something there as well, um, which is quite, and that's for adults and for children.
0: That's really interesting. It's very it? interesting. So from a mental health point of view, yes, I always see. You know, someone's been an asshole, right? Oh, yeah. In a traffic jam, I'll say, they've probably got poor mental health. You know? And I always <laughs> like to see the good people. And I get a poll on Instagram, and they're like, no, they're just an asshole. <laughs> um, and we can all be over-stressed or run oh, away yeah. or whatever. But where's the line between, right? Because a lot of people that write to me that have poor mental health are yeah. the nicest, sweetest people, yeah. right? I can't see them being a bully. If yeah. they have, if they've got depression or anxiety, but I can't see them being a bully. I see them being really kind and nice. So... Is bullying a choice, no matter what your mental health is, Mm. is a
1: choice? That's a very good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. I think that if you are aware of your own mental health challenges in any respect, if you have that awareness, Mm -hmm. you can ultimately then have a level of empathy for other people.
0: Because you're aware. Because you have an awareness.
1: I think that's um, what I would say about that. That's, that's not an overall counsellor thing. That's just what, that would be my suggestion that because you have understanding of what you have been through or going through, you can therefore have a level of empathy on a different level for other people. Yes. We call it in counselling, we call it a touchstone. Okay. So you can have that touchstone for somebody else and go, I've not really dealt with that, but I could akin that to something that I have been through or that somebody I know has been through and then I can touch on that a little bit and pull right. what I've experienced or what somebody else has experienced from that.
0: So that teaches us empathy.
1: I think so. I think that our own challenges and our own ex- exploration of ourselves can... Because empathy is a skill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Empathy is a skill like anything else. I think people just think that they're naturally empathic. But no. the reality is that empathy is a skill. We get trained to be em- more empathic as counsellors. You yeah. know, I'd like to think that I'm just a fairy godmother. I'm not, you know. <laughs> well,
0: I did a course and it was when I was raising Bonnie when she was really young. Mm. And... It, Our our kids aren't, you know, the brain Mm. research shows they're not born empathetic. Is that the word? Yeah. Um, But if the parents teach them, so it's that if she falls and I go, oh, sort yourself out. Or if I go, that must really, really hurt. How are you doing? Yeah. And kind of relate to her. Yeah. Whereas if she is, yeah, you're like, pull yourself together. And that's quite a closed-minded approach. It's quite closed, yeah. I don't know if it's generational or... There's people still our age, yeah, probably. younger, that have that close-minded yeah. approach. Um, but after that course, I, I really started to go, oh, I can really see yeah. why you're that way and as a result I am noticing that she's very she's got a very caring side oh she's there. so caring yeah. when she
1: when I was pregnant she was like can I come and babysit oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like yes please do but she's almost
0: <laughs> the one and in her reports to see if a kid doesn't look happy she tries to make them laugh yeah. so, so it's a learned
1: skill oh hugely and there's um, in one of my favourite books recently apart from years of so oh, wow. so little plug there little plug <laughs> yeah. uh, was um, when I was pregnant we we both read um, French Children Don't Throw Food which is, if you've not read that, a very good book. I would highly recommend that to any parents because it's a very interesting book. But in it, she... I'm pretty sure... If it's not from this book, I apologise. I'm very sleep-deprived. It could have been from something else. (laughs) But they spoke about, in France, um, in a nursery, if a kid hits another kid or there's been a fall or a scrape, they are taught to go to that other child which is with a wet towel. Just with their wet towel, and they say, "Are you okay? Do you need a cuddle? Can I help you?" Aww. Even if they've done it themselves, <laughs> even if they've gone and wallop that kid, <laughs> they're still taught from a very early age in nursery to go over with that wet towel and, you know, that little hug and say, "Are you okay? Can I help you? What do you need?"
0: Can we do that in
1: the UK? I know. If, uh, this book made me want to move to France. <laughs> I
0: Oh, oh they've got it.
1: The Parisian parents seem to have like it down in right. regard to pa- oh yeah, in regard to parenting, I read this book and just went, Wow, it's a, it's an American mother an American mother and a British father who raised their kid in Paris. Wow. Kids children. But um, yeah, we're through But yes, that was one th- and that is just teaching your children empathy. That it's is so just
0: important. It's yeah. so because it's a life skill as an adult and Massively. Found, like from a module. If I'm really listening yeah. and I put a, another book here, mm-hmm. another book that's not, not That's I, not yours. But this, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah, it's huge. I remember having I've not read the whole, like I've been dipping in and out of yeah. it and I need to read it again because I'm the sort of person that likes to underline books. Then go back. Take notes. Yeah. Um, but I remember I was having a tough time because I felt, one of the things I've struggled with in my own growth is very easy to get defensive. Mm. You know, people see me as quite laid back. but I don't like getting criticism I yeah don't think nobody
1: likes getting criticism nobody
0: but i would rather be wrong so then i can fix it yeah and i have no problem with saying sorry if i'm wrong yeah but with this it was a situation with a friend a while ago and i felt she was attacking me because i was working a lot and I was on my phone a lot but mm-hmm. actually when i really got into her head mm-hmm. which talks about in this book really just thinking right okay it's so easy for me to say oh <laughs> and. Then, uh, Oh, who does she think she is? But yeah. you know, most of the time, people that love us have a point. If they, you know, of course, and it's just it's really taking that time to say, right, okay, I see where you're coming from. You don't have to totally agree. No,
1: but you're getting that touchstone again. You're mm-hmm. saying, okay, I can see where you're at just now. I can get inside your head a little bit. Feel yeah. where you are, and I can use some sort of touchstone to relate that to my own life, or uh-huh. somebody that I know, or an experience that I've had. Yes. Therefore, the empathy becomes a bit easier. It becomes uh-huh. you you're never one thing in counselling we say is that you're never ever going to experience something exactly as a client has experienced it. That's just life. That's normal. Yeah. But you can use those touchstones to be like, oh, right, I'm kind of feeling that, I'm kind of understanding that anger or that sadness, or I can relate to that a little bit more. And that's all you've done is you've just had that touchstone moment of, okay, what's going on for you? I understand this is not wholly about me because it usually isn't. Yeah, of course. Um, So don't
0: take it. That's the first chapter of my book. Yeah. Don't
1: take it personally. Yeah, you can. And I, I think... Yeah, and it, there's a, I think there has to be a fine line though between people having to develop a thicker skin if you are a public person, but also people having a level of respect online that you would still have in person. And people
0: just don't. They
1: don't, and it's a bit of a free for all online. I would yeah. say it can be, but and it's 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 just as simple as it's a barrier. There's a guys there that they don't need to do it in person. You can be braver online. You can be, you know, and that's not always a, a good thing. I think. Yeah. That can be quite dangerous. Um, but I think there's also something to be said, I wrote this down last night, maybe 11 o'clock, I don't know, post breastfeeding? <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down that there's definitely, I do a lot and have done a lot of work with the young woman, no, <laughs> i choking on tea, the young, <laughs> the young woman that I've worked with, um, or who identify as being female, on um, internalised misogyny, okay. which is huge. Okay. And it's not to be confused with bullying, because it's very different. Okay. And I think that can impact, I think, from teenage girls to, you know, older women in there. I mean, I've worked with women to you know, 87 who've experienced internalised misogyny. So
0: talk us through what that
1: is. <sighs> I can hear Barry in my head going, God, you're talking about feminist stuff again. <laughs> it's
0: International Men's Day as well.
1: I know. So yes, internalised misogyny. We all know what misogyny is, but internalised misogyny is the idea that it's women attacking women for a specific reason so it's as young women we're often brought up feeling like we need to compete with each other we're taught that we need to compete men really aren't taught that they are told to be part of your football team team, player, team yeah. players you've got to be a team player in all respects support each other yeah. all these kind of different things whereas for women a lot of time and for girls there's this idea that comes from society and family and peers and even teachers sometimes that you know you need to be pretty but not Slutty, and you need to be smart, but not too smart, and all these different ideologies about what it means to be female and to be feminine, mm-hmm. and that becomes really dangerous because it then makes women think that to be the pinnacle of all these things, which are really hard to reach, the only way to do that is to tear each other
0: down. Right. Because someone said to me, actually, quite a traditional chap, he said, "Because I, I break the norm, right? I'm, I'm always uh, for girls and guys, yep. like." I'll say to you, you look so hot.
1: Oh, I'm, I'm so into that, yeah.
0: And, and I don't... because uh, So a guy challenged me and he said, is that not fake, though, you saying that, but secretly you're intimidated? And I was like, no. No. Hand on heart. No, I just speak the truth. Yeah. So if if there's a woman that's gorgeous yeah. or a guy that's gorgeous, yeah. I mean, I have to watch with a guy who's standing with his wife,
1: so... <laughs> God, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, you know what
0: I mean? I, I can, sometimes I need to tone it down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I am that kind of person, yeah. and it is genuine. Yeah. I just love to compliment people. And oh no, I agree
1: way. that I totally agree with that. I have this whole idea that if you think something nice about somebody and it's appropriate, just say it. Just say it.
0: That's, just say weird. Say it. That's, weird. that's
1: weird. Oh no, I I t- I've taught this to my young women for such a long time that I've worked with, and they initially go, "That's so weird. I'm not doing that." I did it when I worked in group kind of therapeutic situations for a long time, mm-hmm. and initially when we did this, they were like, "I'm not doing that. That's so weird. Like, why would you make me do that?" And actually, in a couple of weeks, they come around and go. I've realized that you've been doing that to me since day one and I've only just clicked and it makes me feel so good about myself when I come in the room and you say oh you've had your haircut it looks really good or by the way I meant to say to you last week that mask you made it really made me think of x and y and I loved it and just when you think something nice just say and then they realize like oh actually you've been doing it to me and it wasn't weird I just haven't even realized you've been doing it it was so subtle and just in conversation, because it's not, you're not running up to people and going, you're gorgeous, and then running away. I mean, maybe you are, JoJo, I don't know. I mean, knowing you, JoJo, I maybe you are I mean, David Lloyd, you know, in the middle of the jet, yeah, you're yeah. beautiful. You're <laughs> run away.
0: alcohol involved <laughs> but like, hey, baby, sexy, but not these days. I'm, I just say what I think. And I, so I was out for brunch with a group of bloggers a few months ago, and I just met a couple of them that day. yeah And I remember being like, oh, you look so fit, I love you. And then, she sort of looked to the girl who knew me and she said, oh, she's fine it's, She's fine! Don't worry, she's <laughs> awesome, like, she, she means it, like, she's... Oh, that's... She, but it's don't, really don't, sad
1: that we assume that people say, don't mean it.
0: I know, and I, I'm very aware of that, that some people will think, what are you on about? Like, yeah. Or what are you after?
1: What are you... Yeah, what do you want? There's that yeah. almost cynicism of, like, what do you want from me? Yeah, I remember mm.
0: seeing to a guy, oh, I love your stuff and making recommendations, and he'd said to me, I need to recommend you now. And I should have said at the time, that's not, that's why, not why i want it. doing it. Yeah. I just genuinely think your yeah. stuff's really good and I'm recommending you. I hate that. And obviously, in business, we help each other out. Of and stuff, But yeah. I would never assume, like, there's some people I admire that have got loads and loads of following, and they'll, oh, yeah. they'll be like, Yeah, whatever. And some are like, oh, Thank you so much. No matter mm. how big the following goes, mm. I'd like to hope I would be that way. Too. That person, yeah. Um, or, or maybe the person's just so busy, I'm, I'm not, because she can't take these things personally either. But some people will look and go, yeah. Oh, whatever, what after? Oh, you have to Oh, yeah. Want my following, and, and, and get very.
1: By precious. So
0: you're precious about it, because sometimes people say to me, "Oh, thanks so much for replying." Yeah. And I'm like, well, well, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not a big deal. I'm just replying to you. We're all
1: busy. No matter how many followers anybody has, you're still a human being, yeah. and you still started somewhere. Yeah. It's, you know, and that's that's going going back to the idea of maternalized misogyny that. You know everybody started somewhere especially if you're a woman in, like we just spoke about that pre pre-recording as a woman in business it is very hard you know because men in business find it a lot easier because they're ready to support each other they've been <sighs> taught to support each other whereas as i th- i do think that as a woman in business it can be trickier because as a woman you're taught to compete because if you're competing then you're tearing other women down and then you are there for better okay. so it's that mentality if it's not teamwork that helps you get better it's tearing each other down to reach these unattainable goals that are set for us often as women, for sure. I love that. And that's why I think a lot of the time, like you're saying, when women come back and they're quite suspicious of like, why are you saying I look so nice today? Mm-hmm. And they think, they think suspiciously of it because they think they, they have that internalised misogyny mindset. Instead of just taking it as it is, they go, well, what does she want from me? Yes. Or how is she trying to be better than me? Or any of these, that kind of can come into the frame a little bit. Nice. Um, one thing that I found really strange is that since having baby Theo,
0: Does that mean baby Theo?
1: Oh, (laughs) he's also a monkey with three flux who doesn't sleep well in the day, though. (laughs) I mean, he's yeah, no, he's amazing. But um, a lot of women, he's a very small baby. I was a a small pregnant lady, and I'm small. He's a small baby, so I do get a lot of comments on him. He's so cute. All these things. He's a. I would like to point. He's a normal size small baby, (laughs) not abnormally small. but then people, women, I had a woman come up during the, the GP practice two days ago, immunization day, bad day for everybody. Um, bad day for all. And she was just like, you look amazing. Aww. And she was like, how old is he? You look great. And I was like, oh, he's like nine weeks this weekend. And she was just like, you look amazing for nine weeks. And I had to quickly switch my head off from, oh, she's just, she's saying it to make fun of me. Or she saying it, right. you know. I had to quickly switch off that brain and go, "Oh, that's actually a really nice thing to say. Thank you so much." Just accept it. Just accept yeah, it. Compromise. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, that is it." And I don't feel great yet, you know. I don't. I have a lot of people saying, "You look amazing you for do. him." Thank that. you. I, I do. Really <laughs> like, oh yeah. You do. you're like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, well, you look
0: amazing. You look
1: amazing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like sweaty, kind of like baby-clad. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, and it, its a hard thing, even when you are aware of it. It's a hard thing to switch off. So it's—it's it's difficult to accept, and it won't come overnight. But I. I think internalised misogyny and bullying are kind of separate. There's a separation there because people, when you when women are invo- involved in internalised misogyny, it's more about trying to be perfect in a way that they've told to be, so tearing other women down. Whereas bullying is kind of trying to mask your own shame or insecurities, or trust sorry exploring those that shame and insecurities. In, on any level, by attacking somebody else, right? So it's almost like two well, separate. You're exploring it. You
0: think in a, su- in a way they don't realize. I
1: don't know. It's sort of so hard to know, isn't it? I think that by, I guess there must be some sort of. I mean, this might be wrong, all there other counselors and psychologists really listening. But I'm assu- I'm assuming if it was me thinking about it, I would say that if you are ta- if you are unable or unwilling to explore your own shame and insecurities or kind of challenges but you're attacking somebody else's, there must be some level of understanding in that or a level of, yeah, there's something there isn't there I guess. Yeah, so
0: yeah, it's mm.
1: quite interesting. But it's the same for kids, it is the same for children. Yeah, so none, none of these things really change.
0: So is it the way we're raising our kids that make them more likely to be a bully? Or what can we do to stop
1: that? I'd love to know statistics. (laughs) Of course I would. I would love to know statistics on countries who are maybe seemingly more empathic or maybe seemingly more open about their feelings and the statistics on bullying rates in those countries in comparison to the UK. Because I would imagine that if we had an overall better level of empathy and willingness to self-explore, therefore the rates of bullying would go down. Because that is that's what bullying is. It's that unwillingness to explore your own self, right. and the so unwillingness to have empathy. Yeah. To take, to deflect yeah.
0: From what you're going on that you may be unaware of.
1: That's what I would assume. So I would want to know. it's so boring. I would love to know statistics on that. I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. So I would say yeah. I one would imagine that if we were raising our kids to be a bit more empathic, to be a bit more willing to explore their feelings, and us as parents as well. You know, us as parents being willing to cry in front of our children or show our emotions and not, because <coughs> it can be very easy, I think, to just wrap our children up in cotton wool and just say, everything's fine, I never get sad, I never get angry, yeah. because that makes children feel like they have to say, I'm fine, I never get sad, I never get angry, and especially for young men and boys, because we're still kind of, I mean, I work, I've worked with a lot of men in their 40s to 60s who still come from that generation of boys won't cry.
0: Yeah, and it's, so
1: wrong. and it's so sad because they they've, that might be the first time they've come to therapy at breaking point when they're 53, oh. you know, and they are like, I sh-, and I, I remember so at one of my case studies, he was amazing and he was oh, just a, such a star who never came for his last appointment, but on our second last appointment, he said, I just wish I'd done this 20 years ago. Oh. I wish I'd, and, you know, I wish I'd done this 20 years ago and that really sat with me because he just felt like he couldn't because the generation he was brought up in was you don't talk about your feelings, boys don't cry, you have to be fine all the time and that must in itself promote a level of bullying, the idea of you have to be fine and perfect all the time.
0: Okay, so, um, you're defle- so you deflect onto others Yeah. Um, so that you don't deal with the issues because oh, yeah. you have to put on a brave, a brave face.
1: face. yeah, totally. And I think that that's something that's very important for me. A lot of people will come to my home <laughs> and will be my friend and say, your home is beautiful or you know, your, you know, your life looks perfect. And I'm really quick to say, no, it's definitely not the case. You know, I look nice right now in this photo or my home looks really good at the second you're having coffee with me and my baby. Mm-hmm. But I promise you Jojo that yesterday I had not hoovered and my cleaner hadn't been here. and. Yeah. You know, the room that everybody can't see and when they walk past my house (laughs) was maybe the only tidied room in the house, you know. So I think it's important to acknowledge that we're not perfect and that we do have feelings. And I think we have a misconcept as well that there's such a thing as positive and negative feelings and we should hide negative feelings from our children. Mm -hmm. We should hide sadness and anger and fear. Where the reality is they're not actually negative. They're just feelings. Feelings don't come into brackets. You know, they don't come into... To, you know different boxes we should just say yeah Mummy is feeling a bit scared today
0: yeah it's just it's totally normal to it's normal scared. to feel scared it's and normal to cry it's normal to yeah. feel jealous even absolutely oh, i feeling quite jealous because they're doing this sort. yeah but it's okay because I know it'll be fine 100% and then go actually because morning routine for me oh. it, it helps me now this doesn't apply to you right now oh at because when I had nine to, weeks when we were really young, <laughs> I, I just want sleep is more important at your stage um than morning routine. And I got a post out this morning and then I thought some parents are gonna hate me because I'm no, thinking no. about morning routine and they've probably had no sleep and I I've been there. But at no, the moment no, it's in bad. my life, I am able yeah. I'm in a good morning routine because yeah. I'm getting sleep. Of course. Um so I've started going to bed earlier. Yeah. Um, but I'm waking up at like six, half six. Now yeah. this isn't normal for me, but I'm really enjoying it. That's so It's um, you know, this chat that people are yeah, about morning routine, and they see people that are really successful and achieve their dreams have a morning routine. Mm-hmm. So just meditation. Um, Bonnie and I do it together sometimes. So this morning she just cuddled in, oh. and the guys were sleeping. Oh. And we just (laughs) meditated and cuddled and spoke about what we're thankful for and tried to really build ourselves up and this is what i like about myself yeah and and these kind of routines really help you to be happier and therefore nicer and less likely to be a bully and
1: also less less yeah i think it like we said it also helps you self-explore if you're doing things like as simple as, I mean, eating breakfast every morning. Yeah. That'll set you off on a good foot. Yeah. It'll help you think clearer, think straighter. Mm-hmm. M- mindfulness, you know, anything at all that sets your day off in a good re- in, in a good way mm-hmm. will help you have a clearer, more focused head. Mm-hmm. And if you have a clearer, more focused head, you're less likely to be ratty or annoyed or angry at yourself or other people or any of these things. So I, I, I disagree with what you've just said there. I think that, you know, even though Theo is, yet yeah, like nine weeks old, Nine weeks old? Yes, nine weeks old. How old is my child? Nine uh, weeks old. Yeah, I mean, we still have a morning routine. I, every morning I get up, I have breakfast with him in bed because he's a breastfeeding monster. Um, but we still, we get dressed together. We go out, I said this on Insta. I think I said this on Instagram maybe. We try and do like 5 to 7k every day in the buggy. That's
0: amazing.
1: That's what we do, like that's one of our routines every day in the morning. And sometimes we don't make that, babies cry, that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets grumpy. But... Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a good thing to have a routine. Yeah, and especially involving your kids in that, I think, is huge. Yeah. Because if you're doing things like affirmations or meditation, you can look at what you're thankful for. You can look at... And like we're saying, yes, it's good to say to your kids, I'm scared, I'm jealous, I'm angry, I'm annoyed. But it's also good to explain why. Mm-hmm. And to ra- And if, if you're rationalising why with your children, you're also doing it with yourself, even if you haven't yet done it with yourself. Okay. So you sit and go... Do you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. Mummy is feeling a bit jealous today because mummy looks at other nine week old babies who don't have silent reflux, yeah. who are already sleeping through the night. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and we know that we're not sleeping through the night yet. And actually, that's OK, though, because I know it's going to be a bit more difficult for you because you have this reflux and that's hard. And, yeah. and then you start to rationalise a little bit with yourself and you, then you can take that step back again and go, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can have that self-empathy and that self-understanding as well by just talking it through with yourself and your kids. That. Yeah, I touch to the all the time. We have good chats.
0: <laughs> I mean, I think. Do you think there's triggers that make people more likely to go on and be horrible online or? Oh yeah. Would you say early parenting is one of them? Or yeah,
1: one? of course. Yeah, I mean, attachment theory is huge, isn't it? Like attachment theory is talks about. Um, s- s- should I talk about the attachment theory? Is that really boring? I don't no, know. No. I, mean,
0: I, I love all this. Yeah. i sure <laughs> sure sure Listen to will be really oh, Okay,
1: so attachment theory is the idea that if, sorry to people who are dealing with this, it's a, it this, it thinks, in very layman's terms, it thinks about how attached you were to your parents or your mother or father or caregivers, whoever they were, grandparents, foster cares, whoever, as a child. Mm-hmm. And if you have a secure attachment, you tend to have a secure attachment to people later on in life. You can cope generally well with situations etc cetera, etc cetera. you could also have what is called an anxious attachment um or an ambivalent attachment okay. and it's part that could be a whole other podcast i won't ramble on but um people who maybe don't have as a secure attachment might you, it doesn't mean that you will always have that type of attachment you can fluctuate in your attachment style as you grow and you change okay. i don't think i've always had a secure, a secure attachment i would put i don't think i have but i think i've grown and developed in my attachment whereas if you don't have a secure attachment it can be easier for you to withdraw or to attack or to you know do you know be different ways in different situations so I think that's probably partly but I think it's also openness conversation being aware that it's okay to feel Mm -hmm. I think that's massive people who feel like it's not okay to feel will attack others who do think it's okay to feel
0: Right. Is this the, the snowflake society term that I've been hearing? Yeah. That really pissed me off. Oh, that's very I, strange. Yeah, I've, I've been a rebel against... A rebel against like, the don't snowflake. Don't
1: use that term, R.B. No, I think it's it's very important that we're open about our feelings. And I think it's it's great that we're now kind of in a generation where we are starting to have more conversations about mental health and be aware of our mental health. But yeah, of course, I think if you're attacking people online, there's something going on there regardless of what it is there's something happening there in your life that makes you feel like you need to go online and attack either people that you know or random strangers in either an overt or subtle way because the reality is if you're sitting happy in the evening you're not going to sit and go i'm going to go and attack jojo tonight you know Uh regardless of how you feel about something i think i think even if you're really angry about a situation so imagine i had done something and people would find out if you have a healthy mentality to to relationships and you know all that kind of stuff you're not going to therefore just go and send me really horrible text messages or you know i don't have social media but you know you're not going to call me and give me a, a load of abuse or find me online you know it's not going to happen you'd probably have a conversation with me saying actually that really annoyed me mm-hmm. or that made me angry because of these reasons okay. but i wouldn't they wouldn't go and subtly troll me for no reason kind of yeah. that's not what they would spend their time and energy doing right. because it's a lot of energy to do stuff like that
0: it's a lot of energy what about if it's a debate where do we draw the line? So if you feel passionately about something, so you s- support yep. the football team and you yep. really, really believe, do you agree with debates online
1: or do you think that's a Yeah, no. I think debates are fine. I think it's, I, th- I love a healthy debate. Okay. I think Barry would say that's all. We love a bit of a healthy debate. Okay. And I I do think debating is very important. It's the only way we can grow and develop our ideas and ideologies and philosophies. Mm-hmm. But I think there, yeah, like you're saying, there's a fine line. I mean the definitions i think the way they speak about bullying if you're deliberate like they said if you're deliberately and repeatedly hurting somebody then it's not a debate then it's bullying yeah if you're having a debate you're listening to both sides of the conversation you're saying this is my side of the conversation but actually that's yours too and that's pulling them both into the into the foreground and saying okay well how do we discuss this then
0: in a sensible, adult way, where you're trying to have empathy in a way of course. See, I see that, yeah. but this is how I feel, and that won't change Exactly, it. yeah. Yes. And
1: you, and a debate can end with two sides still saying, I will not agree with you. Mm-hmm. But it might still end with those two sides who won't agree with each other saying, but I kind of took something from there, and I understood that, and I listened to this part. Yes. Which is important, Where if, is uh-huh. if you're just deliberately and repeatedly attacking somebody to hurt them, uh-huh. it's bullying. That's bullying. It's bullying. So
0: attacking someone to hurt them. Do you do that, guys? Let's try to stop it. Um, maybe you are a bully. You don't realise that we can all be bullies.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I, like I said at the start, I think that if anybody sat and said, I've never been bullied, or, I've never taken part in bullying, because you don't need to be a bully to take part in bullying. Mm-hmm. And that's something else as well. There's always going to be a bully. Uh-huh. But it it's not. you don't need to follow the bully. Yeah, And that's hard. It's really difficult. One of the the few things that sticks with me, I don't know if I said this on my last podcast, so one of the few things that sticks with me from my childhood was that I was told that never be afraid to be the first person that says yes or no right. against everybody else. Uh, That's okay. very powerful. It's,
0: if, powerful it's so powerful. Yeah. You because you said earlier, a lot of bullies are popular. Yeah. So, uh, what makes them popular? Is it an attractive, how, like, is
1: it a treat? I'm not sure. I didn't get that far into the research burglary fallacy last night. Let's but there's guess. something Let's there. Hypothesize. Let's hypothesise. <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it would make your bullying more successful if you're popular because you already have a following. Mm-hmm. So therefore, instead of just one person bullying somebody, you have a group. It's a group mentality. Yeah. if that makes sense. So uh-huh. it might not be that bullies, they've also said it's it, it, statistically it's more likely that bullies would be popular. Maybe it's more successful bullies will be popular yes. because they have a bigger following. And
0: it's like a gang. I had that recently exactly. where I felt like there was certain people ganging up. Yeah. i were not actually seeing things but they were, they yeah. didn't have the balls to come and yeah. say to me and take part in a debate. Exactly. They were, it was like gang mentality. Yeah. And, then and that's it. Just, just yeah, really child's like behavior that I was thinking, oh, I can't believe this happens in grown adults.
1: It happens like, to grown adults, for sure.
0: don't have the respect to tell you to your face yeah. in a sensible, no. let's have a conversation. Instead, we'll just bitch behind your back yeah. and then make subtle, you know, dicks. And I just think. Yeah tell me to my face
1: because it's scary to be the first person to say yes or no it's scary to turn it would be terrifying to turn around to that bully as part of that group even if you are an adult and you don't realize that's what's happening and say actually i don't think i agree with that
0: yeah. like
1: hands up i'm not going to take part in that that's really hard yeah. and that takes balls to, and i don't like that term by the way as a feminist but this okay. <laughs> is you know it does yeah what can we
0: have as a new <sighs> that takes because my dad called me a feminist recently, and Dad and I are so close. He's like my best friend. I love that. So so, nice. so good. He's in yeah. such great form at the moment too. And um, what would what would I call? Do you know what
1: there is a term for it? And I can't think what it is. In that. Not yeah, no, it, it is. Works, it? I know, I know. God, I need to think about that. We'll think about that one. Right,
0: we'll think of a new one. But you Guys, need to... if you can I know. To if them. you
1: know what it is, I feel like I should know. But just the severe sleep deprivation of only getting like three hours at a time, it does. Oh, it wow. takes us toll. You're, um, your
0: own, you're on top. considering <laughs> I would not have been as sharp as a button. Oh
1: God. Um, I'm not. I'm not. But yeah, I mean, it's it takes a lot of guts to sit there and go, I'm gonna step away from this, mm-hmm. even as an adult. That's really difficult. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I experienced recently was I hated the newborn stage. I really didn't enjoy it, That's and that was so it's so hard. It was for a variety of reasons. I, we don't have a lot of close family here. Um, my friends are amazing, and, family, and my family are too. But we don't have close family here. You
0: know, Bonnie wants the baby soon. Oh, I me and Bonnie wants yeah ah. for sure. She's
1: coming over, you know, and. Um, Theo was very unwell when he was born. We didn't know why for a couple of weeks until he was on. And he's a lot better now. He's on medication, which is fine. But um, it was really rough. It was really rough. And I, I felt like everybody around me was saying, "Going, I love the newborn stage. It's amazing." And I'm sitting there going, "Am I a horrible person?" Were you, were you
0: being open about how you felt
1: about it? No, I was totally hiding. I just wasn't you saying anything. I was anything totally like hiding. It. I was like, I "Nope, just not know. as you do. I'm just not going to say anything." And I thought, "Oh God, I'm really struggling. I'm really not enjoying this. I love my baby. I adore him, but." This is, t- this is like hell <laughs> and but that's a shame that you felt you
0: couldn't see that yeah I felt like I couldn't
1: see anything and all these women were saying it's amazing and then I listened to um, I was telling you I was listening to Happy Mom, Happy Baby with G Fletcher And the amount of people who came on our show and they were like it's totally normal to think it's hellish if you don't like it and i was like thank god and as soon as i said it to a couple of my friends they were like oh yeah no it's terrible and i felt like it's but that was me being the first person to say yes or no the first person said no it's so difficult and it's so hard and All this milk and your body and oh my god, there's all this stuff going on and your baby's crying, you don't know why and oh my goodness and yeah, but by I kind of opened that discourse with a lot of my friends who either went yeah it was really hard for me or it's currently very hard for me, I'm struggling too, but no, it's really it's it's difficult to be the first person to say yes or no and I think that would be one thing that I would encourage people to do is bullies aren't always aware they're bullies because of what they're doing because they're masking their own introspective exploration but i think people who follow booth probably are maybe a bit more aware of what they're doing mm-hmm. because it is scary to turn around to somebody as an adult and say i don't agree with you but i would i would really encourage people if you feel safe enough just turn around in a in a in a, in a healthy way and say actually i don't agree with that mm-hmm. or i don't really want to do that or actually i think i am just going to talk to jojo in the playground
0: yeah
1: you know yeah. I think that's fine. It's okay to be that person because what I've learned is that as soon as you say whatever other people are not saying, people turn in and say the same thing too and say, oh, actually I was feeling that way as well, but I was too scared to say anything. Yeah, There's something in that. Yeah. So I would encourage people to be the first person to say yes or no. Because yeah. it's always going to help somebody.
0: Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, i, t- I see squabbles online a lot and I don't have the time to get involved. Oh, no. And... But sometimes, you know, if you hear something, you think, oh, that's so not right. Yeah. You know? And yeah. You could be there all day because oh the God, yeah. are a, a breeding ground. I had, so a question I had was: yes, someone, fire questions. Someone at school had been bullying someone, but the person was in a, a position of authority. Oh, that's so hard. And it's gone to their head and they're mm. attacking. Yeah. What can I say to that person? So is this an
1: adult or a child? An adult? Yeah, I mean, that's a big thing. And that's one of the definitions we had at the start, which was a deliberate and repeated attempt to cause harm to others of lesser power. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Because when you're in authority, you do instantly have a promoted level of power in the situation, whether it be because you're in a career, because you're in a family, you know, it could be anything. I mean, a few things that I read about that really sat with me, the first thing that they said about dealing with adult bullying specifically is acknowledge what it is for what it is is bullying, because okay. it's very easy to start start to self blame when you're being bullied because you're being victimized and you're, be, you're being put in a very vulnerable position and I think when you're when you're vulnerable it's easy to go this is my fault I've done something this is this could have happened if I had done X or Y, no not at all the reality is is bullying for the sake of bullying, um keep yourself safe that was a big one that kind yeah. of kept coming up in the research I was saying, you know if if you are able to, avoid the person. If you are able to, get support, get help. You know, talk to people. Keep yourself in a safe position. But it's not always possible.
0: It's hard because I wanted to... I, I don't know the person and I don't know any of the people that have complained, but I wanted to find out the school and, and make a anonymous yeah. complaint because I feel partly responsible, mm. but I don't really know what's right.
1: What's right. I mean, a big one that came up again was know your fundamental human rights. Mm -hmm. That's huge. Know your fundamental human rights and that establishes your boundaries as a person. Mm -hmm. If you just go up and look up the UN human rights, you will sit and go through that and go, actually, when I'm being bullied, those human rights are not being upheld. And And by looking at those... Human and sounds really extreme. But by looking at your just basic human rights, you can re establish your boundaries again because that's what bullies do, they tear down your boundaries, they make you vulnerable. Yeah. And by looking at those, you can say, Okay, hold on, let me take a step back and re establish those safe, safe bubbles, the safe walls again for myself. Mm-hmm. I think that's quite big. Um, I like that, yeah. Um, surround yourself with cheerleaders and be kind to yourself. Um, that's huge, that's massive. You know, surround yourself with positive people. be kind to yourself. Limit your exposure to the bully, not easy when you're in work. I get that. Um, a big one is don't react to the attack. Don't react to the attack. If you're going to respond, respond with a voice of reason, but that also means don't get upset reacting to the attack isn't always just getting angry it's also getting upset and that's hard it's really and I've got going back on everything I've said about it's okay to feel but when it comes to bullying uh-huh. that's what the bully wants the bully wants a reaction yeah. and if you don't react to the attack it's taking that step back yeah um, I would
0: say because blo- I've had not that much but if if it's like a bully that comes onto my page they're just blocked instantly yeah um, and I've I have no qualms with doing that yeah for me though you can't really do if there's sort of subtle trolling where it's liking comments you can't really do anything about that
1: no there's not a huge amount you can do I mean, and that's acknowledging it for what it is being kind to yourself, limiting that exposure saying yeah do you know what somebody's like that that's it, that is what it is it's bullying, it's trolling but I'm not going to get myself involved in it because I'll be kind to myself I'll look at all the other amazing comments I've had or I'll look at all these amazing people in my life that are supporting me through this it's very easy to minimise the positive around you when yeah. you're being bullied because you're feeling vulnerable and maximise the negative yes. very easy and that's not that's not to say oh you're doing a terrible job at minimising but that's just what happens, it, it becomes all encompassing and that's really hard
0: the brain you know, hones in on the negative
1: totally, totally and I think the biggest one is ask for help if you need it, Yeah. ask for help if you need it, that's huge, I mean especially for the person who contacted you they need a bit more help, mm-hmm. whether it be a union rep or whether it be Going to therapy and working through it with somebody who's non-biased whether it be you know I mean there's so many it depends on the situation doesn't it? it's so hard to know but
0: so
1: um yeah ask for help if you need it help comes in all sorts of guises and all these points as well they 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 count for kids as well you know these are the yeah. same points that you would give children in a more child friendly manner
0: how do we have a question about you know kids that are groomed what's the oh yeah huge What's the prosecution?
1: Do you know about that? Are yeah, you- yeah. So um, we, in Edinburgh Rape Crisis, we work with children and young people who come forward often who have been groomed, which has resulted in maybe something bigger happening. Maybe they've been groomed and nothing more has happened yet. It's been picked up by child protection. It really depends on what's happened. It's really dependent on whether that person is identifiable. Have, do they know who they are? Can they find them? Most of the time they can. You're not anonymous on the internet anymore, I'm afraid, guys, um, at all. So, guys,
0: percentage-wise, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, when it comes to sexual violence, the prevalence of women doing it is still very, very, very small. It's not to say it's not there. Yeah. It is there 100%, but the prevalence of um, sexual violence is perpetrated by men, and that's men against boys and men as well. Yeah. Um, that's that's still the biggest percentage
0: but is it boys over girls is the bigger percentage or...
1: Ooh, no I mean so we say one in three uh, women will experience sexual violence in their lives I think it's less than that though I, I, so I think it's more than that so I, I think let's just say yeah. Uh, yeah I would say maybe one in two I'd say maybe we're closer to maybe every woman might experience some form of sexual like. because sexual violence can be Getting inappropriately catcalled in the street—it can be, it can be anything. And if you think about it that way,
0: oh, loads. Yeah.
1: nearly every woman I know has experienced some form of sexual violence. And they say, I think the recent statistic was—that's well, really bad. I can't remember this. in My own job: one in five, one in six boys um, and men. But again, I think it's probably more than that because the prevalence of boys and men that contact us or that we work with—and I think it's much, yeah, it's much higher. But yes, it is. The perpetrator is generally still male. Are they?
0: Are these people? Bullies. What? What's a term for them, or sexual bullies, or what would be
1: the? No, I think when it comes to grooming and when it comes to yeah, that I mean that's sexual violence. Yeah. That's that's a whole other ball game. If I mean, there's different people are involved in sexual violence for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Sexual violence can occur because people themselves have experienced sexual violence. Yeah. That's a big thing. A sexual. It's very sticky. It's yeah. very, it's a really sticky ground. It's you know, it's what we we work with a lot. And sexual violence can occur because of power differentiations and power imbalance. Um, sexual violence can occur. I mean, so many different reasons. So 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 many different reasons. And most of the time, the reasons aren't really important. It's more about getting the support the support to that person who needs it. Yeah. Because you, if you're working with somebody who's experienced sexual violence, you're dealing with the aftermath.
0: Yeah.
1: And. Yeah, grooming's huge. Grooming's a really big, scary one, I think, for parents as well, because it's so easy. It's so easy these days. I mean, you hear it on about Instagram now, and you hear, especially when we live in a world where people want stuff. Mm -hmm. People want things. Things are what we want and what we feel like we need. And if somebody's going to a 13-year-old, actually, I can give you all this stuff and all these things that you see on Instagram. And it's very easy. And people who groom are very clever. They know what they're doing that's a big thing to remember as well they're very aware of what they're doing um what
0: are the warning signs to educate kids when they're old enough like if you've got a teenager and they're being groomed
1: oh if it was me i would be talking to children in primary schools about grooming Uh if it was up to me i think it's a huge topic we need to be speaking about sexual violence to younger and younger generations Mm -hmm. in edinburgh crisis we have some amazing workers who um violence prevention workers Shout out to you guys, um, they go out to schools in Edinburgh and the Lothians and they talk about sexual violence in a really positive, interesting way so they can be informed. So yeah, if you are working at a school or you would want them to come to your school I don't know my boss might hate me for doing this they're probably really overloaded with work and I'm like contact us too (laughs) I'm not even here I'm a mat (laughs) leave but they do some amazing work in Edinburgh so if you do if you are in the area and your child is at a school that you think we would really benefit from this yeah definitely give us a shout because that's what our prevention workers do. What sort of age Um, do you think
0: is appropriate to start that conversation?
1: For me I think uh, I think it's important to start having that conversation when Mm-hmm. If it was me, honestly, um, NSPCC, I think it is, have a fantastic resource called Pants. I think it's called Pants. Look it up. It's great. That can be done with children, I think, as young as four or five. Wow. Um, and that talks about who should be allowed to touch your pants. Okay. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Who should be touching your pants, who shouldn't be touching your pants. And it's a lovely it's animated it's really lovely it's very colorful and bright and kids love it. it's a song it's great it's very funny but the underlying concept is about grooming and about sexual violence and it's really important that we have these conversations young so actually if they are five or six or seven and they say "Oh, well, hold on i remember pants and actually that person shouldn't be touching my pants mm-hmm.
0: because w- with these these people they're, they're doing this are they saying? you were saying about things, they're trying to lure... Sorry, yeah, we totally to, to totally the
1: sidetracked thing. there. Yeah, so, I mean, <coughs> warning signs of sexual violence. Ooh. I mean, so many things. It's really tricky. I think if a child starts exhibiting any sort of challenging behaviour, and when I say challenging behaviour, I don't just mean kicking off, I mean being really withdrawn, mm-hmm. not seeming like themselves. Um, if they suddenly start to have a lot of money, mm-hmm. if they suddenly start to have things that you're like, I didn't buy that, mm-hmm. and they kind of give a strange reason for it, um it's not always easy to tell if your child has a lot of money i really appreciate that they can hide it but yeah if they if there's suddenly feel, this feels like there's a lot of cash flying around if there's they've been bought things and stuff if they are i mean this is a difficult one as well because i know a lot of our children spend a lot of time online a lot of adults spend a lot of time online but if they are spending increasing time and time online if they're disconnecting from their friendship groups right. um, things like that because people you know I, I, adults or teenagers who groom children and teenagers they want to try and disconnect you from the people who love and care about you so because that makes you increasingly vulnerable oh, nice. so if you see that person disconnecting a bit more nice. drifting away um, into their
0: room with the absolutely the
1: iPad, yeah and even just little things like if they've suddenly got a new best friend that nobody seems to know you know, if they've suddenly got a confidant that is giving them all this advice and a really big one is that, as much as we never want to think about it as parents, if something is already happening physically mm-hmm. that you're unaware of, overly sexualized dressing behaviour suddenly from your child, knowing things that they shouldn't know, voc- vocabulary they shouldn't have, mm-hmm. um, but again, becoming withdrawn, maybe covering up, you know, not wanting to be touched, all these, there could be, a, it, it can be both ends of the spectrum, you know, very extreme both ends of the spectrum. Um, yeah, but I think that if you are ever concerned, just say something. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Anybody who works in schools will know about GERFEC and medical, you know, keeping everybody, you know, it's everybody's job to keep children safe. And that goes down for us as well. And it's okay to be the first person to flag something and say, I'm not 100% sure about that. If you're a teacher, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, if God, if you're anything at all, if you're the lollipop matter lady, if you're really going, something's not sitting right with me there, it was a tiny little thing. It's okay to say it it's okay to go forward and maybe speak to the school and say I maybe saw something or I wasn't sure about that it might come to absolutely nothing and that's great if it does you know if it was just something and nothing great but if it's something bigger that's going on and you've been the first person you could do a lot to save a child or a young person from getting in you know just yeah into further trauma so yeah we've got time for one more
0: question go for it Um, so a child's been bullying Mm -hmm. you see the child has been bullied yeah can't What's
1: the advice? Do we approach the parent? Oh, good the question. Child is doing the
0: bullying?
1: I think, as a parent, it can probably be quite hard for a lot of parents to admit their child is bullying. Mm-hmm. That must be quite hard to sit and say, My child is a bully. I would,
0: I, if, I, if I had any feedback, I can yeah. handle a I'd be investigating it. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah. my kids would be yeah.
1: in trouble. I think it's down to do you know the parents? If you know the parents and you think they're going to have that open conversation with you and you can say, do you know what, there's something not right between you, between our kids. Mm-hmm. They're not getting on. I think they might be bullying. If you can have that open conversation and you know those parents will go, well, hold, like you're saying, I'm going to investigate. Like, let's get to the bottom of this. Let's sit down about this. I'd say go for it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think that that might not be the case or maybe you don't know the parents, you know, approach your school, you know. Right. If you can have that conversation with your school, maybe, I don't know how the, the school setup would be in your school, but, you know, speak to the guidance teachers, speak to your you know, school teachers, speak to anybody in a position of trust that you do trust. Yeah, um, that's
0: a worrying thing though, because at schools, you know, you would hope you could trust them. You would hope. But you think, oh, what if they're friends with the parent or, Yeah, you know? it's
1: really, it's really hard, it's, yeah, it's really, really tough. So I would say go to a person in position of trust if you feel like you can't talk to the parent. Mm-hmm. I would say it's never a good idea to approach the child. That would be my advice. I wouldn't approach the child. I think that could cause a lot of animosity. Again, it's thinking about the show on the other foot. If some parents are suddenly approaching your child, you'd be a bit like, well, hold on. You know, what's going on there? That seems a bit this seems a bit much. So depends
0: on the age of the child as well.
1: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think it's really tricky. But I think if there is obvious bullying going on, it's talking to but people in a position of because the reality is it can't continue. Yeah, and no. if it is let to continue, it probably will. Um, and if a child is bullying, it's going back to what we said before about there's something underlying going on that they don't want to explore. Mm-hmm. So it's not just about helping your child not be bullied. It's also in part about helping that child who's bullying understand why they are bullying and what's going on for that child as well. Yeah, why it's happening. Why it's happening.
0: Because this is serious people are committing suicide over oh massively the, yeah I mean this isn't just a topic I no mean, no life changing it's massive so it's something that we need to work harder to raise more awareness about and yeah. I've actually learned those from this conversation so I'm excited <laughs> to share it <laughs> from my um, from my
1: nighttime breastfeeding research
0: no, you've absolutely <laughs> smashed it and I could talk about it easily for another hour oh for sure um, but we can do more stuff and um, I just thought that was really really useful so thank you I hope so so much but um, I think
1: yeah if anybody does have any more questions Feel free to fire them over. We can definitely talk about it. And if you you can, you can just text me, and I can answer them via text. And you can pop them up if you want today or when whenever this podcast well, Not today. See, Jojo, I don't live in the land of podcasts. Yeah, I don't I live, live in the land. Of, I do batch a lot, but. Um, but yeah, when it goes up, if you want to have that day be a day where people can ask me questions and I can answer them on, yeah. you can answer them on your Instagram. Or we could
0: do like a live or something. Yeah,
1: with, uh, of course, absolutely. Lives, yeah.
0: <laughs> What we could do is put put the podcast and then we could have questions. absolutely. We can have
1: questions. Yeah, yeah. To go for it, that'd be fine. So yeah, people get your questions ready if you would like.
0: Fabby, right? That's all right. Well, I've got a school run. You've probably got a baby. That's I've got something to breastfeed. Some nuts, yeah. You know. Do <laughs> you want to do a song for the road, or you don't really want?
1: To <sighs> Jojo, we both know that I don't. I mean, Barry is the songmaster in our duo, oh, and he's I not here. He's what, not here.
0: What song would you like me to sing later to end it?
1: Do you know what I? what I've personally been finding very empowering recently recently, is anything regarding to Beyonce or Destiny's Child. So I would say something that's quite empowering, get something uplifting on. Uh I Love about Beyonce. Love it.
0: Absolutely love it.
1: Very anti-internalised misogyny there. Perfect.
0: Yeah. So should we be a bit more Beyonce? We should be a bit more Beyonce. She's no bully.
1: She's no bully. She's very inclusive. She's just like, get your stuff together and come with me. Yeah. And this massive dance routine in my video. She's a great
0: woman.
1: (laughs) She's an amazing woman. She's brilliant. And I mean, look how good she looks pregnant. Oh. I mean hashtag well
0: gel <laughs> and admitting it and admitting <laughs> it's okay to
1: be jealous of Beyonce pregnant
0: oh it's fine we're all wonderfully weird guys but let's be kind so that's what we can take from this yes. kindness is so important in this day and age and
1: kind to the pregnant lady who probably said something's wrong because she's very sleep not pregnant oh my god <laughs> kind to the woman who's no longer pregnant but very sleep deprived if so anyone trolls um,
0: and <laughs> they blocked so um but if I did
1: say anything wrong please correct me yeah
0: yeah you can you can I, Fire I don't on. think you did I, I think you see that <laughs> on and you gave me loads to think about but yeah any trolling block but any healthy debate we welcome to oh definitely um, but we don't welcome bullying so um thank you guys thank you so much for thank you for having me back star. thank you and uh, we'll keep everyone posted on where to find you and when your uh, new website launches
1: yay soon so soon
0: we're very excited for that and um all that you and Barry are doing um, so loving it thank you so thank much thank you so much Thank you so much, Ruth, you beauty. You are an angel, so I think we'll go with Halo. Barry, where are you when I need a duet partner? Come back soon, Barry. Maybe you can do a karaoke with you, Joa. say no to bullying, you remember those walls i built well baby they're tumbling down they didn't even put up a fight it didn't even make a sound i found a way to let you in but i never really had a doubt standing in the light of your halo, oh, i got my angel now it's like i've been away are Ruth. You're a saving grace, full of great chat, great advice. You've opened up my eyes to love more. my voice this is a very hard song to sing so um, sending all my love to you all guys thank you for tuning in and hope you've sang along with me there peace out